Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients with your host, Joel Miner. Listening to the show, you'll learn how to avoid the unnecessary pain and avoidable costs that commonly occur in the building and renovating process. Joel will also inspire you with his knowledge, experience and ideas on how to make your home a place to suit your lifestyle for years to come. Hello and welcome to another week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. This week I'm catching up with Wayne Preston. Now I've only known Wayne for a very short time but uh, Wayne's always been there when I've had a problem or an issue I needed to sort out and I've got a lot of time for Wayne. So today I'm talk- we're going to be talking about uh, an adaptable home. What is an adaptable home? These guys know everything about it. They specialise in adaptable homes. They're in Warwick, Nabil in Victoria. So Wayne, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. How are you doing tonight? Good, I'm good. So, what? Awesome. So, for people who don't know what an adaptable home is, um, what makes an adaptable home, or what is an adaptable home? So, Joel, an adaptable home is basically a livable home, which can easily be adapted in the future to become an accessible home. So, the certain elements that we put into the home at um, planning and build stage where if need be in the well, as can happen in the future, something may happen, and you do need those extra elements to um re- to remain in your home basically, and not end up in well a nursing home or aged care facility. So that's what we do. Yeah. So the whole the whole point, I guess, is so someone can basically st- stay there and as long as possible without having to have another home designed for them or having to move the air, move from where they're currently living. Yeah, that's right. And it, a lot of people, um, and it's not just for your older people, it's your livable slash adaptable home is for anyone that may have young kids in prams, they may have um, sports injuries. They're just, <laughs> they're not much extra cost and sometimes it's not even any extra. There's just these elements that are put into place to avoid all the unnecessary changes later on. And I think the data shows that pretty much about they say that it costs probably 22 times more money to retrofit a house out than actually do it at the time of the build. So, Yeah, I guess guess if it was just a hallway, for example... Um, so like what would like a normal width hallway might be 800 or 900 wide, but, um, would that be something they would factor in when you guys do would be a wider, wider hallways as well? Yeah. So with, with a hallway, for instance, it's, they'd like, well, to be able to reach, um, so with basically you've got the adaptable homes, the livable homes are what we are building which are they have seven minimum of seven elements to to um to get silver level. Then you've got gold um, and then platinum. So just to one of the things with silver level is with your hallways, it's just they look you've got to have a meter in between your skirting boards. So not your walls, it's measure between your skirting boards, and it just allows for better circulation in and out of doorways and such so yeah your 800 hallways would definitely be a bit too narrow so yeah and i guess i guess when it comes to doing that like when you're talking new builds the amount of extra effort to do it then rather than later is is whether a hallway is i guess 800 wide or, or a meter or 1100 wide is there's not much difference there is it really no that's right and 
but we often do get caught. We do also do a lot of work with occupational therapists, so a lot of modifications to homes. So basically, we are often asked to open and doorways and widening things. And as you said, like it's a massive amount of work. And really, if it had been done at the time of the build, you'd just avoid all this stuff. So yeah. So a lot of the clients you deal with are they so there's there's that they're disabled or there's something um, they struggle with or they're in a wheelchair. Is that a lot of the clients you sort of deal with? Yeah, so we have sort of, we have that, we have the new home sort of niche where it could be someone retiring and building their final home that's built before and had all the headaches of stress and probably have dealt with a project builder, which is sort of not very personal. But also we have the other arm of our business where we do a lot of, um, yeah, modifications and such to keep people in their home because the the yeah we love working with the oldies. They all are so um they're really attached to their pets and things like that, and they're quite emotional about the fact of having to move out of their home because it isn't set up. So we do find that they having to leave their pets is one big thing that we hear a lot of. So. We really love working with these guys and our team are just, um, yeah, perfect guys for that sort of work too. They go above and beyond and yeah, give the client a really great time. Yeah, and I guess it gives you a lot of fulfilment too, being able to help a lot of people out that uh, may not be able to sort of know what to do or where to go because they're sort of at that age where they've sort of, you know, they don't want to leave. They've turned their house into a home where, you know, they've got a lot of memories and children have grown up there and, They've got this, you know, they, that's their home. That's where they want to be for, the, you know, the rest of their time, I guess, too. Um, yeah, that, that's right. And they often will say they'll be taking me out of here with a truck or... Yeah. yeah I've heard that quite, saying before. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. quite sad, actually. Yeah. Because... And, yeah. Um, what, what are some of the things people don't think about when it comes to, like, what, what are some of the things you see either when people have built before and, and forgotten or when they do come and see you guys to wanting an, adapt, an adaptable home? What are the, some of the things they're either not aware of or don't even think about that, that, that hasn't even crossed their mind that you sort of bring across to say, look, have you, you know, these are the, some of the things we need to be able to meet? Yeah, one of them, look, most times it's always there's, a big step up to the entry of the home. So we're always doing a lot of um, ramps and modifications in that respect. But, yeah, normally that, that's the bathroom too. That's a big thing. A lot of people will, back in the day, will have like even a shower over the bath. And it's, I suppose they've, at the time of the build, they've needed to, um, they probably wanted the bath for the kids, but thought, well, we can get a shower and a bath in the one sort of, um, of, in the one build, but it's just not ideal once they get yeah, a bit older and or have an injury, they sort of bug it a bit. So Yeah, and trying to eliminate any slips or trips or falls, I suppose. I think I was talking to Adrian about this last week. Um, I think there was something stupid about 80% of slips or trips or falls that happen at, uh, at home in the, the, whatever the figure he said was, I think it was something stupid that costs the Australian government each year. Um just from people slipping over or falling in their own house, um, you know, going to the medical and physio and whatever else that needs to be done. Yeah, um, that's right. It's a massive amount of and money and 
Yeah. Yeah, and I guess having big step ups into baths and stuff. So is about like, so like showers and bathroom areas. They do you basically? It's sort of like a lipless entry, or what? What do you try and provide for people that are uh, with that sort of aspect of things? Yeah. So there's. We def, yeah we do a lot of just level entry so there's a lot of um we you if we're doing a tiled shower base well there's a bit of work in all that but with the with a lot of the modifications because we work a lot with um DVA which is the Department of Veteran Affairs and um such like them and NDIS and we we use a lot of universal shower bases which have a bit of fall already in them and we just um got a recess him in the, into the floor and strengthen it all up and make sure it's all um going to last and not yeah fall to pieces basically yeah um you just mentioned ndis so for people who don't know what ndis is what is ndis so ndis ndis is the national disability insurance scheme which is pretty new sort of thing in the last few years it has come in and it's just a big um, funding body that basically, yeah, is, it's to do with disability and you've sort of got to be under 65 to qualify for that. So it's um, a bit of a process to uh, become a, sort of a client of theirs, but also it can take up to like three years to it. Like we could basically look at a job tomorrow and provide a quote and then we could be like quoting it sort of three or four times in the next two years before it actually gets approved. So it's a bit of a, yeah, there's a lot of bottlenecks somewhere along the line there, which uh, make things a bit, bit slow, but yeah, it's a bit of a headache and it's a bit sad for a lot of the clients and, but it is at least we do have that. So a lot of countries probably don't. So we, we are quite lucky. Yeah, so when you say pretty sad, like what is it how they're living or what like what's what is the particular how does the NDIS sort of they come to you and say this person needs this particular thing or they need to their, their home needs to be adjusted this particular way? Yeah, like we we would be approached by um a occupational therapist to um come out and give a bit of advice and um they're really they're excellent with their side of what we need as a human body, like what they sort of specialise in, but we give a lot of building advice, where, which they haven't sort of got. So we work well together, and yeah, they will um, we'll give them a, a bit of a hand with what, like with their plan, and then yeah, we sort of get the ball rolling with a quote. And a lot of times, like some clients may not have even had a shower like for three months, like it's. Jesus. Yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. Is that because they can't bad. get like they can't get into their shower, or just like why? Why is that? Yeah, they just can't get get into their shower, and then normally, like they might have a carer that their husband or wife may be the carer, but because they've sort of been doing all the heavy lifting and that, a lot of the times the carer ends up um, with extra bloody problems because they're doing all the lifting and it's just um yeah it's just a headache for them it's it is terribly sad but um anyway yeah yeah i guess yeah it's not a especially when they get in that age it sort of gets to a point where they 
they just they're just needing help really aren't they they don't they're not just you know they're looking for someone just to help them because they don't really know what to do or they're after you know like just just some help someone to help me out yeah that's it we do a lot of them that we do um is that they are quite because the ndis is under 65 there's a lot of young younger people too like it's um and they're really at their wits end with the sort of how long things take and they're just really wanting our help and it's quite sad but um yeah it's yeah yeah i don't know what it's like um Mm. what so what are some so what are some of the advantages going back to the adaptable home side of things what are some of the advantages i guess from considering being able to have an adaptable home if people are building new so basically just to run through a few of the elements of the livable home slash adaptable so back to it a livable home is basically it's a new thing that um the government's bringing in and it's livable is they have like livable housing guidelines so the one of the the first um criteria is your access so they require one level entry access to the home via it may be from the footpath to the to the front doorway uh, or you can also achieve it because as we know sometimes you may be in a flood overlay so things have got to be built up so you may be able to achieve that through like a level entry like a carport um floor like concrete floor to the garage or so you you've basically got your your access and then the next um next one is your entrance so they require a minimum this is to reach silver level require a minimum of 820 clear opening between the door and the doorstop with no lip minimum of uh, i think it's five mil lip so you would know like on a normal door frame external door frame you would have that like i think it's about 20 or 30 mil of a step whereas these you don't have that bottom on it you just have like an aluminium threshold yep to, um to make it all um make it all level so and you'd your RP3 doorstop hits down onto that to create the seal. Yeah, getcha. Um, so, yeah, it's a level entry access, I guess, would be one for people, whether they're in wheelchairs or having mm. easy access to get to get into the home. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think as you go just off the top of my head, the next, um, basically, if you're to achieve gold level, your entrance Doorway, I think, is eight fifty clear opening, and it may be eight seventy or nine twenty when you get to platinum. So, yeah, yep. So, <laughs> so gold, silver, and platinum. So, obviously, each one has its own specific requirements to meet. So, what would be people's? Um, so, for each, obviously, each one is to sort a specific personal type of injury, or for each one, what is basically gold sort of silver to suit, gold to suit, or platinum to suit? Um, I think it's more of a, they, they're basically saying that a, a project home or a volume builder should be able to reach silver level, no problems, just with a few um, tweaks of the plan and such. But 
when you're talking platinum, it's probably more of a, it will be a little bit more to build the thing, but it really, like, there's certain things like um, in platinum, it's basically you may, you need to have your window heights at the certain height for like people sitting in there and be able to view out the windows and such things like that. So it's more of a more luxury and um, probably the person that has got the, a bit more money would go down that line. So. Yeah, and I guess it's an investment too. So it's, it's I guess it's more of a well, if we're going to be here for however long, um, it'd be more an investment. So, what other things would be inside a house that would that would be part of this as well? That's not just standard like a standard home. Um, so a lot of things like um, you, as you would know, you would if you're doing a kitchen, your tiles would normally just butt into the kitchen kickers. Well, with these, your, your things like all your flooring goes underneath the actual um, cabinets, so things can be easily pulled out later. Um, there's uh, also we've put a lot of extra timbers in the walls for noggins and such um, down the track when they're required. Um, yep. So that was so that would be for like handrails or, or grab yeah. rails or something. Yeah, for handrails and yeah, your grab rails and. Yeah, all that sort of jazz. So, yep. What about um, do you guys do wider doorways, or is that part of it as well? Yeah. So basically, you're talking your um, eight twenty clear doorway, um, but we would we use mainly nine twenties on all of our stuff anyway. So yep. we just get that. We get at least the eight fifty clear. Opening, which is um, eight fifty, is your um, Australian standard fourteen twenty eight for disabled access. Yep. So, but if they're just they're not much more. Like the door might be like another twenty dollars per door, yeah. and it's a small price to pay. Like it's. And I guess it still takes the same amount of time to hang it, the same amount of time to frame it up. Yeah, exactly. It's just a little bit extra material or, or whatnot, yep. but, which is bugger all. Yeah, that's right, and it's just. As you know, if you're if you're trying to widen that down the track, like it would run up like into like well over a thousand dollars to yeah. that later on. Just yeah, just for something because the time you adjust everything, move things, yeah. and then paint this wall and that and everything else that goes with it, it, it starts to really add up. And I guess it's it's easier to probably make smaller than than uh, bigger later on. Yeah, that's right. And even some points though, mate, you can't even because of how the house was built, you can't even achieve it sometimes yeah. and normally you've got a lot of times you've got to get a call electrician in too to move the light switch and yeah it's all and especially with the older um pitched roofs back in the day um yeah it just goes on and on yeah yeah well, if like, what advice would you give to people that are looking to create an adaptable home? So, if they've never been through anything like this and they've been thinking about it, or they're looking at doing something similar, um, what advice would you give to people who you know haven't even thought about planning anything or doing anything yet? Um, I would just the advice I'd give is just to um talk to your builder about it and yeah, really um look into it because. Yeah, it's just 
Um, until you actually see someone that ha- is really struggling with this, it's yeah, it is quite a big problem. Like I, I, yeah, I did hear like I'm pretty sure they're going to make silver level um, mandatory in the next few years anyway in the building in the NCC. So they will all places will have to achieve silver level, which would be great. So, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, my advice is to, yeah, not, yeah, just for that bit extra money, it's yeah, a, a lot of peace of mind. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess a lot of people probably don't even consider it. Like they, I think, you know, it's not something that, you know, it, I guess it's like a will. No one really puts a will in to go, oh, I need to write a will because I'm going to die someday. Like it's, it's probably more of a realisation thing at some point. It's like, I guess it's more an investment once they sort of, well, you know, this could happen in 20 or 30 years' time where we might need to, we want to still be here and, uh, you know, want to be able to add to the home to make sure that we can still be yeah. here and it can adapt to suit, you know, whatever age we turn, um, I guess. You know, and do you find a lot of people when it comes to the planning stage, um, like, they're just unsure of what they want or is it, you know, do you, yeah, do you find, you know, what people sort of trying to get out of it? We we find with they like as you said like you don't know when things are going to happen. We even we would often do a job for some like even a bathroom renovation for someone in their seventies and they're still not even thinking about it. So it's um but we all, one thing that we always say too is that we could have a stroke tomorrow and all of a sudden we can't get home because we do a lot of jobs where the um, husband or wife is still in hospital and until the um, the renovation or modification has been done, they're not allowed home. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, just so what? So they basically sit in hospital or wherever they are till it's fixed? Yeah, that's right. And, it, and it's not a matter of just doing it. It's if they've got to go through these funding bodies, like it's months and their best case scenario. So Yeah. Good, is it? Um, where did the passion? I'm interested to know where did the passion, or why did you guys want to get into this area of of this? Well, we probably about six years ago we um, joined a um, coaching group called Builders Business Black Belt. So we we sort of were doing sort of all sorts of work, and um, Mick, who's the head guy that which you probably know quite well too yeah um been one of the members um yeah we one thing that we needed to decide on was a niche and it took us like probably two years actually before we could really get down to what we really were passionate about and lee my wife lee she's is a was a nurse so she has seen all the heartache and such a parents transitioning their families into aged care so and then we sort of yeah just from that we've because she would come home with the sad stories and yeah, and I think and also one of my sister-in-laws is an occupational therapist so we sort of thought oh we could work in the together sort of with her so and then it sort of evolved from that and then it's really we've 
starting to do these sort of jobs and such, you can re- you really get a purpose behind what you're doing every day, and it's not just because, as you would know, you've still got you have your cash flow stress and uh, workflow stress and all that stuff. Sometimes you're too busy. Sometimes you're too quiet. Sometimes your cash flow is good. Sometimes it's bad. But just by having knowing that you're making a difference and have a purpose in what you're doing is a um yeah it's been awesome actually because you can really narrow down and you, you start getting that passion towards something like we have with this and you just get a, so much traction and it really narrows your focus that you're not yeah you're not just doing everything you just can really yeah narrow right in on something that you really love and this is yeah something we definitely love and our team yeah we always getting comments through about our team how caring and passionate they were for the client and yeah so it's been a bit of a journey but yeah we just really love it so yeah that's great because i think yeah if you got that especially if you find find something you really love doing I guess it really helps that other person when they're going through that you sort of you get a bit more understanding from their perspective and you're really invested in in their time and trying to help them out rather than just giving them a financial transaction really aren't you yeah that's right and one of our big things is sort of our big goal in the future is one day hopefully having our business just being able to run pretty much by itself with our team and that Lee and I can go out and actually do um, do these modifications for free just to yeah, get them yeah, back in their homes and such. And, Be able to get yeah, to them sooner rather than later. Yeah, so it is because it is such a stressful thing and sad thing that we see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic and uh, it's probably, I guess, when it comes to government stuff that... It's not, uh, yeah, nothing's ever in a, in a rush, is it, either? No, I think there's, yeah, everyone's just so under the pump and it's, um, things get put on the back burner and, yeah. yeah. definitely. Um, well, if, if people are looking for more information of where to find you, what you do, what you look like, um, where is the best place for them to go? Um, you could visit our website on www.adaptablehomebuilders.com.au or on Facebook, Adaptable Home Builders. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. all right. Well, thanks for your time, Wayne. Appreciate you coming on to the show. And um, no worries, mate. That'll Thank be. Thank you for asking me on. Yeah, I love to ha- love having you. So I'll uh, wrap this show up, and uh, I'll be seeing you all next week. No worries, mate. Awesome. That's it for this week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients, brought to you by Refined Space Constructions. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.